Hello and welcome in to a new Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com, and I am accompanied by my colleague at MileHighSports.com, Devalier Johnson. Uh, go ahead and plug your Twitter and all of that fun shit real quick. Um, it's uh, Devalier Johnson. Um, it's just straightforward. You don't have to guess, even though that is a hard name to spell. So we'll put <laughs> D-U-V-A-L-I-E-R Johnson. Still, my favorite fact about you is that your parents both say your name completely different than the other. You literally have two names, and it makes me crack up every That's time. That's cool, but it helps with uh, just whatever someone says, I just go with it. Like, sure, sure, that's what it is. <laughs> um, Nuggets lost 112-100 to on national TV against the very, very bad New Orleans Pelicans, who are now, what have they won, eight games this year. This was a disaster. This game felt like it was going to be a disaster from the second I walked in today. Did you have a feeling that this was going to be just an ugly game for the Nuggets? No, honestly, I thought that this was going to be the opportunity for the Nuggets to get in front of a national audience and just try to prove themselves. But they they did the ultimate Nuggets yeah. um, type of game. Um, but yeah, going into the game, I believe that this was going to be one of those those big Nuggets games where they could win over a few fans. Yeah, well, that absolutely did not happen. Uh, before we go any further, a quick shout-out to Terrapin Care Station for supporting the show and the Regulators Production Group for putting together the beats on the intro and outro. Um, we're going to talk about this Nuggets loss. I want to talk about how the Nuggets did not play hard enough in both matches. We're going to talk about Michael Malone's comments after the game, the way the Nuggets got beaten on the glass, how they allowed 43 threes to be taken, the Drew Holiday and Brandon Ingram matchup nightmares they dealt with, but also some good things. Things. Gary Harris bouncing back, some good and some bad from Malik Beasley, and things like that before getting into a bunch of mailbag questions. But, um, Dev, do you agree with Michael Malone that the Nuggets just didn't play hard enough in both of these games against the New Orleans Pelicans? Yeah, and, and even Malone, what he said right after the game was, he doesn't feel like that the Nuggets came out and they underestimated them. He just thinks that they got punched in the mouth. This was a team that came out with that game plan. Um, and they executed. They went straight at the Nuggets. They did not back down um, whatsoever. Um, they had an idea of what they were going to come into, and they just they just really wanted it. They, they fought for offensive rebounds. They got all the 50-50 balls. Every single player after the game said that. And this was just a game that they, they, they won over some fans. Like, they, this was a game that they proved um, that they weren't going to just come out and get blown out um, like expected. Everyone expected this to be a blowout type of game to end the Christmas slate, and they came out and, and showed that they're not a pushover team. Man, but they aren't that good. Like, yes, the talent is better than their record, but the Nuggets, last year, they did not fold. Like, whenever they were faced with adversity or had to bounce back, they always did. There was that stat that they didn't lose three straight games at any point last year. Every time they went on a two-game losing streak, they bounced back. They were 12-1 and on the second night of back-to-backs. All of these resilient kind of thought processes, and that has not been the case this year. Whether you look at it from, yes, the Nuggets lost to another bad team, just like the Hawks, just like the Pelicans before, and even the way that they continually keep losing leads, those types of things are becoming worrisome for me. Are they worrisome for you? Yeah, I think so. Even if you don't just uh, look at this game um, as a whole, um, a lot of the games that they're having to come back from, um, those are teams that they're not supposed to. They're not able to just close out these teams. They struggled against the Suns where they had to come out and have a big second half or fourth quarter, really, for them to get the win. Um, they struggled against the Timberwolves. Yeah. They struggled against the Magic. It, it, and 
the fact that they're winning these games, it, it overlooks the fact that they have been struggling in these games. These are not games that they're blowing teams out. These are not games that they're putting together a full four quarters. They're just barely getting by. So I guess we are seeing that resiliency um, that we've seen, but it's against teams that they're supposed to be beating. And yeah. last year they were beating those good teams. Um, now they're struggling with the bad teams, even though they're coming away with wins. It's starting to be a, a rhythm. They're starting to get into having to fight back. They even tried to fight back today, but some shots fell for the Pelicans, and they lost the game. It really feels like this Nuggets team is – it almost feels like they're not taking the regular season as seriously. Is that fair, do you think, in your opinion? Yeah, and also I just think that they don't have that same chip on their shoulder yeah. that they had last year. Uh I think that they, you know, they still do want to win games, but they're just like we're still at the top. We're still gonna win. We're still like they're already they're comfortable. I'll say they're comfortable. Yeah, for sure, they're definitely comfortable. Um, the biggest reason in my eyes, in terms of statistically, why the Nuggets lost this game was they were out rebounded fifty-two to forty-one tonight. And when you're minus eleven on the glass and you give up what was it, fourteen offensive rebounds? Michael Malone said they gave up thirteen offensive rebounds in the second half alone tonight that's all effort. That is something that is absolutely evidence the fact that the Nuggets just aren't playing as hard as they once did. And until they get back to doing that, they're not going to be able to win these games. I mean, the Nuggets have backpedaled into wins this year. Let me ask you this. Is the Nuggets 21-9 record actually how the Nuggets have played this year? Have they been better or worse or lived up to that record in your opinion? It's actually shocking that they're 21-9. If you you look... Anybody that watched the game tonight, they're going to say that's the 21-9 and team. And and we've been watching every single game, and we see that that's not – what how they play tonight is not how they've been playing. But it's also – they're not a 21-9 and team if you look at it on how they've been playing. Um, it's actually shocking that they're 21-9 and because – they're, they're at the top of the West, and they're not playing their best basketball. They're not even playing 75% of yeah. what they could play. So it's actually shocking, and that's actually a positive, I think, that the Nuggets should look forward to. They're going on these long winning streaks. Um, they're still winning all of these games. They're still at the top of the West, and they're not playing anywhere near where they're supposed to. So I think you could take that their, their record with a grain of salt. I think it's a, a positive for them in a way. Well, yeah, Nicole Jokic has two game winners. They barely beat that Suns team when they had the uh, where Malik Beasley inexplicably fouled Ricky Rubio at the half court <laughs> line to end up putting that game to overtime. Jamal Murray had a game winner last game. I mean, you're talking about this Nuggets team barely sneaking through, and it's because Nikola Jokic has been the best clutch player in basketball for the past two years. And I don't think that's sustainable. I don't think you can trust that you can just continually win games late. But that lends to the next point, which is, do the Nuggets have a switch? If they start getting later in the season, let's say it's February all of a sudden, can they just decide to go back to dominant? Is there a switch that they have? Or is this going to be becoming a thing where they're not taking teams seriously, they don't have that chip on their shoulder anymore, and that becomes a trend for them? Is that something you see happening? No, I think that that's something that is going to be gradual. Like, they're just going to have to just keep getting better. I, I don't think you could just turn it on. Um, one of the good things is they're just not making shots. Um, but I don't think there's a switch of, oh, we're making shots now, we're going to just do this thing. I think that they're also, like we said, they're getting comfortable. So there is no just a switch. Um, you're going to have to try to get better offensively and start making shots. Then your defense has to catch up. They haven't put together a four, uh, full four quarters. They haven't had offense and defense. You can't just turn it on and then it just finally works. Um, but I think with a few blowout wins or, or comfortable wins that they have, I think that's when you can start getting into a rhythm and that's when you start finding – 
the team that you had from last year when you could put all like offense and defense on. So I don't think it's a switch, but more so um, as, when we put together four quarters, we're going to be really good. I look at this team, and you know they lose five of six on that road trip. They win seven straight, and now a terrible loss to the Pelicans. Is this Nuggets team? How do I phrase this without sounding like an asshole? <laughs> Is this Nuggets team prepared for what they have to do with these expectations? Are they going to be able to not only accept those expectations, but use them as motivation and continually grow from them? Because young teams, this is the point where you really realize what kind of chops, what kind of confidence, what kind of swagger these teams really have. It's easy when you're the up-and-coming fun team like they were last year when they made their first playoff series in, like, whatever, almost a decade. But now, this is very, very, very different. And they are still young. And Malone is young. And Tim Connolly is young. Hell, Josh Kroenke, for being an owner, is young. And this is all very very new is there a learning curve we didn't give the nuggets credit for that they're still trying to figure out i think so um i think just steady progress um each year but then making just a huge jump last year it wasn't like they snuck into the playoffs and then they lost in the first round it was a big jump and they were a game away from the the western conference so it's like they've they've won a few games every year more games more games more games now we're at the point that they're considered a contender so there was no um, progression of, hey, we were just this close, and now let's try to get further. You went all all the way to the Western Conference Finals, basically, by you know one one quarter off. So I think that that is the learning curve of now we have to try to get better, we have to try to get stronger, um, and win these close games as well as blow out the teams that we're supposed to. Are they a contender to you? No, no, I agree. No, with I don't you think right they're now. close to a contending team um, right now. Um, I think that they're. Maybe even another player away from a, a contending team. I don't know if they could win it with this exact team, um, but they're they're a really good team that that can show up and they will give teams a, a good run. But as far as a contender, I don't think so. Yeah, they're that they're that second tier, right below contenders for me, and probably will stay there for the rest of the year. Uh, let's talk about this defense. They give up forty three threes taken tonight. How <laughs> you can't win games when the teams take 43 threes and hit 42% of them. Like that's kind of the end all be all in my opinion. That's tough, man. Like why are they giving up so many threes? Why is this defense taking a dip? I have my own theories, but what are your theories as to why the Nuggets can't pair offense and defense together? I'm not sure. I think that uh just the change of pace. I think the teams that have a faster pace are just getting up so quickly. Um getting up in the ro- the defensive rotation is just not catching up to it for one. Um, I also think that it's just maybe um, personnel. Um, you got some some players that you can go at, and and they like to spread the uh, the ball against um, the people that the Nuggets have. But even if you take a look at who was shooting the threes today, um, Brennan Ingram went seven of nine. I'm pretty sure that that's yeah. a career high probably for him. <laughs> that's a lot. Um, Lonzo Ball shot eight threes. Dude, he hit two of his eight threes tonight. But he's shooting them. Did you know Lonzo um, Ball is shooting 38% from the field this year? 38%. I just think Drew Holiday took seven threes. Um, everyone got threes up, so they, they Man, were Josh trying to Hart push the pace. Josh Hart was four or five tonight from deep. People were making shots, and they were getting open looks. That's another thing. Um, a lot of teams, I think that they get open looks, um, but they're not making them. They made them early, so of course you're going to keep shooting them. Um I think any team, the Rockets, they shoot a lot of threes. If you make them early, you're going to keep shooting the threes. Pelicans made shots tonight. So I think that they're going to keep shooting threes, especially for that. 
defensively for this Nuggets team, the way that their scheme is is a double-edged sword. First of all, the scheme is built around Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic wants to be at the level of screens and not drop. And when you do that, and a big slips the screen, the low man, whether he's guarding the corner or a guy in the dunker spot, has to step up to at least stop that roll from happening so the guys don't just by himself under the rim but because of that you leave the corner three wide open and that's always been a question is yes the Nuggets defense has improved they were 10th last year they're second this year is that sustainable if you're giving up those looks if you have a big who can pass on the short roll to a guy in the corner like what is exactly what happened tonight with Derek Favors who did a great job of this he had like how many assists did Derek Favors finish with tonight eight assists for Derek Favors tonight because he would slip every screen, the low man would show up, and it was just straight to the corner. And then all of a sudden, the defense is scrambling, and you're giving up threes. And when you're scrambling like that, you're giving up an incredible amount of energy. You are expending as much energy as you can fathom on the defensive end of the the floor when you are just constantly scrambling to uh, to the open wing or shooter or whatever it is. And that's going to take away from the offense. And when the offense is clicking and they're focused on the offense, they're suddenly not making those extra efforts defensively and until they can find a middle ground which very few teams are able to find a middle ground but until they do they're going to struggle in this regard in my opinion that was a good breakdown tj that was a good breakdown i watched way too much basketball (laughs) that was a good breakdown um what do you think of drew holiday and brandon ingram tonight I think they were sensational. I think that Drew Holiday is one of those players that you, that go. He's really unappreciated. Um, we always talk about underrated players. I think Drew Holiday is, is truly one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, and I think that you have to see him in person to see how good he truly yeah. is. I always thought he was good, but tonight he took it to a different level um, on defense. Man. He made the second team all defense last year, but you get to see it in person. He takes pride in it. He's yeah. clapping. He's He's chest bumping. He's doing a lot of the Patrick Beverly things, yeah. but it goes so under the radar um, on offense. His handle is insane. He, yeah, especially when he's amongst the trees. There's a lot of people, a lot of hands it, around, man. The way that he works in the pick and roll tonight, was it was incredible. Um, Let's talk about this. Everyone's talked about Drew Holiday as, as, as a guy that the Nuggets should trade for. Do you think the Nuggets should trade for Drew Holiday if it requires Gary Harris? Yes. Would you... Do it if it also required Michael Porter Jr. Because that's what you're talking about. The line is going to be there. That's they tough. want a good young player. They want a blue chip recruit, and they want picks. That is tough just because you have to put him next to Jamal, but he's so good on offense. He's so good on defense. Um, Jamal, I mean, Gary Harris, he brings the good defense, mm-hmm. but he's not He's not Drew, Drew Holiday defense. That's, uh, see, I think that Gary is a little bit better than Drew. Drew I Holiday's do. defense. We're talking marginal is, there. Yeah, it's, it's really tough. It's um, real close. But also, Drew, Drew Holiday is a good playmaker. Yes. Um, he's consistent. He's, he's, he's bringing on offense and defense. Um, you could use him in pick-and-roll situations like you've seen tonight. A few of his passes tonight God, went so, so under the radar. He had a, a, a pick-and-roll skip from, uh, with the left hand all the way to Etuan Moore in the corner. Yep. With the three, I was like, okay, this guy is good. Then Brandon Ingram, Nikola Jokic said it right after the game. He's playing the best basketball of his career right now. Yeah. He really is. Um, And it's not just because the Pelicans are just – back and forth. Yeah, it's pace. not like force feeding him for just he's to get actually good. Up. He he he's he's the game is slowing down for him. Um he can shoot the ball. Tonight he really shot the ball really well. Um he's getting to the rim. 
Um, you're not talking about his size anymore. You're just yeah. talking about him being a basketball player. He's really good. He doesn't get attacked on defense every single time down. Um, he, he's playing really good basketball. So those two players really did stand out tonight. And I'm I'm a big Drew Holiday fan. I am too, man. I am too. He played uh, talking about um, talking about Brandon Ingram here. How many players can you say played Paul Millsap off the floor? Paul Millsap played 16 minutes tonight. It's because Brandon Ingram was roasting his ass over and over and over again. He made it tough for him all night. Like Paul Millsap literally played what 16 minutes? Yeah, 16 tonight. minutes. He, he played 16 minutes, and that was because he could not guard him. Jeremy Grant had to be on the floor. He had to be the one that tried to guard him. I'm not going to say he guarded him. Jeremy Grant is a good defender, but Brandon Ingram had 31 points. Michael Malone said it after the game. He was like, we don't have a matchup for Brandon Ingram. When your head coach after a game is that clear and concise about the issue when it comes to Brandon Ingram, it's pretty clear that the Nuggets just got handled. And there'll be a question we'll answer here coming up shortly um, about uh, Torrey Craig and how it relates to this. We'll get into that part a little bit later, but I want to really quickly hit on Malik Beasley. What did you think of Malik's game tonight? Malik Beasley, just the last few games, I think that he's just the ultimate professional. Yeah. Um, He's not playing a lot of minutes, and it's just really out of nowhere. Because um, he was he was a big part of the rotation, and then just he's been getting set. But when he comes in, he's gonna give you. He's gonna take shots. Um, he didn't shoot really well from the field today. He he took a lot of um, errant shots, but he's aggressive. He's gonna shoot the shots. Like you can't be upset about the looks that he gets. He's not force feeding a lot of shots. He I think he took one um, bad shot. Yeah. Um, but he's gonna he's 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 a shot maker. Um, and he knocks them down. He brought some energy. They put him in the the the, the first rotation with the with the starters. Um, I think that he it wasn't a great game for him, but it's what you expect from Malik Beasley. He was two of twelve in the second half, if I remember correctly. Why didn't Michael Porter Jr. play any minutes in the second half? If Malik is going to be two of twelve from the field in the second half, and his only skill he adds is shot making, at what point is this becoming an issue? I think that it's just they were already down, so you just... And Malik was hot in the first half. I'm not mm-hmm. saying Malone was wrong. I'm just curious your thoughts on it because it was one of those situations where fans start, where's Michael Porter? He played five minutes in the first half. Why ain't he playing it now? And Malik did. He hit those three threes in the first half that were huge. It gave the Nuggets the lead, but he was not good in the second half. And if Malik's shot isn't falling, I don't think he helps you. It's kind of like if Torrey Craig isn't playing defense. Like, is it worth having Torrey Craig on the floor anymore? Yeah, I think it's the same with all of the bench guys. And Wancho, guys. same thing. It's yeah, really 100%. all the bench guys. Wancho, if his shot's not falling, what else does he bring you? Michael Porter Jr., the same guy that everyone wants yeah. out there. If his shot's not falling, what does he bring you? And plus, they were down at the time. Malik Beasley started out hot. It's hard to not go to him and just see if he's going to ride it for the night. But, yeah, maybe he played a little bit too long um, tonight um, with that rotation. Um, he but was he, closing the game at small forward. Like, that was bizarre. I was not yeah. – this is after Malone, by the way, at, during training camp, said that Malik Beasley is too small to play small forward, <laughs> but I digress. Um, let's take a break. We'll come back, and we are going to answer some questions from listeners.
Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. Let's dive into a bunch of questions that came in from listeners, and there was a lot of good ones tonight, so appreciate you guys, as always, for sending in these questions, and let's just dive into it. Alex Hughes asks, why is Jamal so inconsistent with his scoring? Do you want to take the first lead on this question? You got thoughts? Why is Jamal so inconsistent in your brain? He has been really inconsistent, and on top of that, we say that he's hurt. We say a lot of things. I just think that some nights his shot falls. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, It's not like he's not looking for a shot. He's going to look for a shot. Why isn't he shooting more threes? Like, we see him in warm-ups, in practice, shooting threes on catch-and-shoot opportunities. He doesn't fucking miss, ever. Because he's making them. So that's the whole difference. The confidence. He's making shots. In the games, he's not making shots. So he's like, I'm going to try to get myself going in different ways. You think that's it's a confidence I, I think he's one of those guys that is like, okay, my shot's not falling tonight. I'm getting to the rim. I'm going to get to the free throw line. I'm going to do all these things. He, he's a person that really takes pride into free throws too. So he's like, I'm going to get to the free throw line to get myself going in a different way. But he, he is going to still stay aggressive. But his, yep, the three-point shot, I think it's just not falling right now. So he's just, his confidence is low on it. You were you were are a point guard with all kinds of Colorado accolades all over <laughs> your name, but when you're a point guard and you come into a set and the defender goes under the screen, but you have already decided you're driving, and when you as a defense know that guy has already decided to drive, how predictable does that make the offense? Very, um, especially what. So the thing is, Jamal Murray is a shooter, so it's it's going to be tough anyway. Um, He's supposed to knock that down. He's supposed to shoot it every single time. He's not Rondo. He's not yeah. one of these these guys that you, know, Michael you, you Carter can't Williams. Like pull up, kid. The, the on on the other team's game plan is to try to stop him from shooting threes. Yeah. And right now he's not making threes, so the game plan but he's is a little not bit easier. Them. Like that's okay. You have to like this is the thing with Nikola Jokic. Will Barton's thing is I don't care if he shoots. I don't care if he misses. Look at the rim. Every Be a time. threat. Jamal is not a threat from three. If I'm a defense, I'm going to force him to take them because he refuses to take them. I and don't that's think that's the game plan. That's insane to me, That's not though. the game plan. You don't want Jamal Murray to get hot from three. People are starting to go under screens on Jamal. People are starting to play drop defenses and going under the screen on Jamal. That's a problem. That is a problem, especially for a person that's known as a shooter. Yeah, and he's Your just not shooting is, You're a shooter, but you're not shooting. 
Yeah, so when it comes to his inconsistencies, if you're always taking tough, fading, fallaway two-pointers like your name's Emmanuel Moutier all the time, you're going to have inconsistent scoring nights. And, of course, when you have Drew Holiday defending you, you go 2 of t- two of 10 from the field and have 3 assists against 2 turnovers. Not a good night for Jamal, um, but hopefully you can find a way to start shooting more threes and get more consistent. Um, Asil Ahmad asks, what will it take to get this team out of playing down to weaker opponents? they're not going to (laughs) (laughs) honestly i think that it takes a few blowout wins i think that that's that's what it is um just knowing that you could blow out a team that you're supposed to blow out so big wins especially on the road you go on the road and you get a few big wins um against teams that you're supposed to you start getting your confidence up against those type of bad teams you're like okay we could go we could go beat these bad teams we're gonna have these good nights they're not scoring the ball also big scoring nights when you can score the ball no matter who. So maybe Malone just lets them just go. You guys just go. You know when he, he gives the keys to the offense, just let, like free-flowing. Whenever he makes that uh, conversation, whenever he makes that speech, their offense finally starts clicking. He hasn't had that speech yeah. yet. But once that starts going and they start getting some free-flowing offense where they're just out there having fun, they're out there blowing teams out, they're out there getting easy wins, I think that's when they'll start – being able to beat these teams and not playing down to the competition. Because if you look at the games against the big game, uh, big teams, they are they they're playing with yeah. the energy. They're they're just trying to prove. That's when the chip gets back on their shoulder. So I think that it just it comes with just getting some easy wins under their belt. I almost feel the exact opposite. They need to lose to bad teams again. Because do you remember what was it three years ago? How like they just kept losing to bad teams seemingly every single time they by played like them. one and two. They got so fucking sick of hearing people talk about it that they just slaughtered every bad team last year, just absolutely obliterated them. And it goes back to what you said earlier that they don't have the same chip on their shoulder. But I do feel like they just gotta get their ass kicked a few times. Like, this is one of the things that like if you want to stand up for yourself, get punched in the face three times. Like that kind of needs to happen with this Nuggets team. I think they're kind of higher on themselves than they have actually played in my opinion. Is that fair? I think so, but with that, it depends who's playing bad. Yeah. So if they're if they're losing these these type of games and Jokic is playing bad or Jamal's playing bad, I don't know if you could just like you said about that switch. They're not turning that switch back on yeah. after that. So I think it depends who's playing bad at that time. So say that they're losing those those games, but Jokic is having good games. I think then it's like a yes, or Jamal's uh, having good games. It's like a, okay, you guys need to catch up type of thing but if they're just playing bad i think that they're i'm not gonna say that they will fold but they're a team that's like okay we don't have any answers yeah so I, when they don't have answers they don't look for them they kind of just let yeah. it go like it's so interesting how this team has evolved from like chip on their shoulder we're gonna try and kill everybody i want to win every regular season game to like i couldn't care less about this league until it's february like that's how it feels now and it's bizarre uh three questions left we're gonna speed through them Jokic is bay on twitter asks why are we so inconsistent there has not been a single game this season where i feel confident about the outcome that is not normal for contenders i think that's normal for contenders i feel like contenders take off games in december and january all of the time i think even right now the clippers take off games yeah um they show up for big games you see earlier today against the lakers they're gonna show up Kawhi sits a lot of the times the Spurs, they've always set a lot of the times. The Cavaliers always started out terrible. Yep. So I think that, yeah, I think that that's for contenders also, for teams that are just trying to get there. I think that's just a part of being a fan or just a part of following the team um, closely. Um, so I don't think that that's something that you should look too far into. That's I I'm think at. that just everyone does that. 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% there. I'm going to move on. Uh, Billy Sandoval, can you try and explain the thinking and playing Michael Porter Jr. five minutes in the first half for the last four games and not playing him in the second? Floor is yours if you want to talk about it. Honestly, I think it's just kind of a, one of those Malone things that it's like, I just try to make you guys happy. Like, I'm trying to bring them out there. I give them some minutes. Um, I see what we have. But when it's crunch time, we're going to go with our guys. So it's kind of like just bringing a, a JV guy up on varsity. Um, we're going to see what we have for the future. This is the guy that, you know, we, we want to build around. Um, we're going to play him a few minutes just to make everyone happy. Um, maybe he gets a rhythm. Maybe he doesn't. But when it's time to actually play, when it's time to actually try to go win, we can't have him in in those type of situations. Um, and that takes with, with him just being really young and inexperienced. And it'll, it'll come with time. Um, but right now, I don't think he's just ready to play a full game as a starter or consistent minutes just yet. I think fans need to realize that when you scream for Michael Porter Jr. to play, you need to understand that's going to lead to more losing. Like, that is just a matter of fact. Porter's been a disaster. Like, he has not been good at all. His shot isn't falling. He has no idea where he is on defense, and he's still trying to figure out where to be off ball on offense. Like, he is really, really far away. The only way he's going to get better is playing. I'm no, never going to argue that, but you can't play him 15 minutes a night. Like, you, if you want to keep winning games with a dysfunctional Nuggets team as they are, you can't play Michael Porter Jr. all those minutes. And also, I think a big part of this is that before Michael Malone's extension that he got yesterday, he was kind of coaching for his life. Like, after next year was the end of his contract, so he would have been a lame duck next year, which zero coaches want to do. And because of that, like, why would you be playing Michael Porter Jr., who clearly is too far away from being an NBA player at that point? So, for me, I get it. I don't think he needs to play any more minutes. I think he needs to keep playing these minutes. But I don't think there's any reason to like try and expand his role right now because he's a disaster. Full yeah, stop for complete me. complete sense. Uh, Dan Wynn, last question asked, do you think Craig could have locked up Ingram better? The answer is no. Thank the answer is no. Tonight was his <laughs> night. Like, it was his night tonight. Um, and I really think that the Nuggets thought that they were going to fight back. They were going to win the game regardless. And it was going to come with offense. I think that they're still trying to find that offense, trying to get that going. So putting Craig out there, I don't think that they thought that Craig – I mean, uh, Ingram was going to hit that many three-pointers. I don't think they thought that Ingram was going to be able to just score at will. Um, there were a lot of shots that people hit tonight. Josh Hart had a big game. Yeah. Um, Drew Holiday went insane. So, like, I think that – Putting Craig out there in those type of situations when you're playing catch-up and you're just wanting him for defense and your offense is still lacking and you're trying to find your offense, I don't think that that, that would have done anything. And especially since it was it was Ingram's night tonight. Yeah, and if Jeremy Grant can't slow him down, like I don't think Torrey Craig, who is less physical and shorter and not as athletic, is going to be that much of a difference maker. Plus, his defense has not been good this year. Let's be very, very honest about that too. All right, I'm going to give you what's coming up next on the schedule and you tell me if it's a win or a loss. Nuggets have two days off, and they play Memphis here in Denver. It's a win. Okay. Then they have a back-to-back the next day against the Kings. That's tough. That's tough because Malone is, is going to be furious if they lose that game. Too. That's a loss. I think you might be right, but this is the other thing. After the 29th, they play on New Year's Eve at Houston. I think that's a win. Okay. Especially I, was, coming, I, I was thinking about it. I think that they're going to lose to the Kings, and then they're going to be upset. And it's like just that. going to be on the back-to-back. And I think they're going to come out and show – they're going to show us that everything we talked about for the last 30 minutes was a complete waste of time because they're going to look good against a good team. You were 29 seconds off from being on the dot at that time, <laughs> my friend. Um, then it's at Indiana after a day of rest. 
a loss. That's a tough game. And um, the Pacers are good. Yeah, they're really man. Good. They're just scrappy. They're not like freakishly talented yeah. in any way. They just always find a way to win games. Um, at Washington, a day after the Indiana game. A win. At Atlanta, a day after the Washington a game. A win. I think that they're remembering what Trey Young yeah. came to the Pepsi Center and sure. did to them. And then at Dallas on the 8th, a day of rest. Another win. I, I agree. Yeah. That's a five-game road trip with two very tough ones on the start and three very winnable games on the back end. That's a scary schedule because if they get beat by Houston and Indiana and then they barely beat Washington, they are now exhausted on an East Coast road trip going from Atlanta <laughs> to Dallas. Rough. Like, that is rough. That's not fun. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening the show make sure to leave reviews go give me five stars share it on twitter uh unsubscribe and resubscribe it just continually adds to my subscriber count so thank you guys for everything that is Devalier johnson i am tj mcbride we will talk to you guys later